Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up, nerds? This is Just a Couple Arslings, uh, the Last Kingdom podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Toomer. And I'm Alyssa Fixie. We are writers for Sci-Fi Wire's Fangirls who started recapping The Last Kingdom in season three. So we decided to bring that nerdy, horny energy to Podcastlandia. Jessica, how was your Monday? Uh, it was good. Um, I do feel like we need to discuss something. Okay. And I think you, are, you already know this. Mm. I didn't realize that, I mean, it's 2019, and people are just now realizing that Bill Hader is hot. Okay, this is insane to me that people are like I, t- I actually <laughs> what I, the tweeted, fuck is going I tweeted about this today because I saw an article on BuzzFeed where they're like, oh, Bill Hader was in it chapter two and he's hot now. I'm like, listen, I now? I know that we're like all pretty much over Amy Schumer, but Trainwreck is a good movie and he is very yes. hot in it. So I mean, who knew that Bill Hader could be like a rom-com lead? I didn't but, like, until I feel then. Like I've been attracted to him like even since his like SNL days. Like there's just something about him. There are some moments in Hot Rod where I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, I I didn't watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall just for his like short bits of oh, like. I forgot that he was in comedy. That. Yes, with his wife. Hot, yeah, that was hot. <laughs> I, so yeah, I was really. Today felt it like threw me for a loop when I saw that people were just now realizing that Bill Hader was hot because I was like, now I have to question everything I thought I knew about the world. (laughs) Sometimes I think that people on the Internet are just really young because I also saw this article also on BuzzFeed. I'm sorry. I know it's like the worst, but also it's very digestible (laughs) content. But I saw this article and it was like couples that you didn't even know were together and they already broke up. And it was like basically every major couple from like the 2000s and they're like oh my god I had no idea they were together I'm like everybody knew they were together you're just a toddler and weren't reading gossip magazines then yeah see like I feel like maybe this is like us realizing that we're getting old and then I think about like is this what my parents went through at one point where I was talking about like some celebrity, some like teen heartthrob or something, and they were just like, who? And then I would bring up like <laughs> Paul Newman and they'd be like, oh my God, I love Paul Newman. You know, like right. just everybody loves I don't Paul know. Newman. Everybody loves I, Paul I Newman. I feel like I feel like maybe it's like more a reflection on where we're at in our lives than necessarily where everyone else is. But yeah, I do feel like the internet is getting younger and younger. And they're trying to push us out. Uh, Lisa, but I, ref- I will not I refuse go. <laughs> to go. I can adopt the lingo. I can stay hip with what the kids are and We built this internet, okay? <laughs> I remember when YouTube was just weird stuff and movie trailers, okay? If I, we were here before it began and we'll be here when it's over. It was Harry Potter puppet shows. Oh. It was that weird lizard Sandwich, like, no, sal- having sal- a bad trip. Salad fingers. <laughs> it was the shoes guy. Yes. <laughs> like, the I don't, shoes guy. Yeah. It was Charlie the Unicorn. It was old Greg. Oh, Charlie. And now old yes. Greg is, you know, hosting a British baking show. So wow. the times they are a change in. But I really, truly believe that we can adapt. 
I, I agree. I'm not going to, like, just roll over and die. Right. And and I don't want to hear it anymore about, oh, we're just now realizing Bill Hader is hot. He's always been He's hot. He's always people. been hot. Go watch the Dear Sister um, SNL clip again. Always hot. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but he is, like, super hot in that movie. I will give them that. Like, I, I get it. I haven't seen It Chapter 2 because I haven't seen the first one because it's scary. <laughs> It's okay. It's so scary, and I didn't watch the first one, but I watched the second one just wait, because. Wait, you saw the first, the second one without seeing the first one? Yeah, like my roommate just like filled me in. Oh, because I don't oh. really care about. <sighs> I care to see the children. That's true. Like I, I care to see like Jessica Chastain and like James McAvoy. That's fair. Like I don't cher- care to see like kids. Yeah. So that's the only reason I came to this one, mm. and I was so shocked because like Bill Hader like totally just made the movie like he's the reason to watch it that's what everybody's saying everybody says this performance is so good but i just like i'm i'm kind of like dipping my toe into the horror genre but i'm not sure if i'm like ready for <laughs> i'm not sure i'm it ready out. for it yet in a movie theater i just don't know i get it i get it i get it watch it during the daytime with all the lights on <laughs> that's a really good idea and also though i was looking at imdb today and just trying to like plan out my movie watching skidge for the rest of the year and there are like 26 movies between now and new year's that i want to see so thank god, god thank god for regal unlimited and i'm not oh, sure yeah, about to say i'm not sure if uh it chapter two will make the cut look it's really hard when especially when you start planning out like your TV watching schedule along with your movie watching, it's impossible. It's like, I have time for nothing else. Like, sorry, by relationships, mm. like by seeing my mom and dad, right? Books. What <laughs> I are have those? things to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't miss something and then not be part of the conversation. I know like, my FOMO won't allow That's it. That's the worst part. That's the worst part. Yeah. I feel like I'm a slave to like pop culture at this point, and I don't know how to change that. I think. Here's the thing. We're like 30 now. And so <laughs> the, the habits are set. It's hard to change at this point. We can't change. Our, We're old dogs. <laughs> Teach us new tricks. tricks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let the let the young, like younger generations unplug and, and really mm. focus on wellness and mindfulness and all that nice shit. But I have six um, different streaming services to keep up with. <laughs> and it's not going to change. I've got a queue. Yeah. And it's not going to watch itself. Okay? Right, right. No, let's get to the the serious business. This is what we're getting paid for. Yes, exactly. We're getting paid. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, yes, episode five of season one. I I think this may be my favorite episode so far because just like Ooh. so much happened. It was so good. And yeah, I love some battle maneuvering and there was a lot of it this episode. You both shall ride towards the Seven River to face Upper. I shall ride south to face Guthrum. Should we not all be marching to the Seven Lord? If the first battle is won, then the Danes may not care for a second. Or fear, even in victory, we can never be sure of our surviving numbers. Some of Guthrum's ships will have made it to shore, and I cannot let him simply walk through Wessex. He must be faced. Lots of action, uh, lots of uh, stupid men making stupid decisions and then having to fight their way out of it, which I always like to see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was, uh, there was some good stuff, and it starts... It starts with Mildred is kind of forced to so so uh, the Danes have kind of washed up on shore not in a good way. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> there's been very some storms, bad, very bad storms are brewing out there, and uh, so Uhtred is is kind of he's survived all that and he's coming home. Finds out that Mildred has fled. Uh, thinks that young Utta has. 
kidnapped her. Which uh, is just not crazy. Off the fucking rails. Right. I, it's not crazy. Because but he reacts crazy. Oh, my God. Like, please just take two seconds and count to ten, Uhtred. I know you can count. Breathe. Just t- deep breaths. Right. <laughs> right. Please. I mean, I get it, because, like, he knows his, like, kid has just been born. So it's like, there's that fatherly instinct maybe rising up in him, and he doesn't know how to handle it. Right. he's never had that before. Uh-huh. You know, so he doesn't know what, where Mildred is. So I guess he just goes to the army camp to, like, confront young Ada and, like, find out where she is. Well, he knows where he—well, he knows that young Ada took her because their horrible, like, head servant told him where she went oh, after— yeah, their, little, their butler. <laughs> after he was, you know, hitting it in uh, Ushred's bed. Oh, my bed. God, so gross. So gross. So gross. It's just, like, the worst thing I've ever seen. <sighs> okay, two things. Like, one, better than barley is not the kind of dirty talk that a woman wants to hear, dude. Like, it's not going to get her to spread her legs for you. And number two, this girl, like— you see the coin first, girl. Right. Like, that has been the rule since the beginning of time. Right. Like, it's pay up front. Pay up front because— And cash only. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be giving me a bag of oats <laughs> and telling me to go sew them. Ugh. Like, so that really that really annoyed me. But, yeah, that was, it was, that a was very, probably the grossest sex scene I've seen on this show so far. Yeah, it was an upsetting moment. But, yeah, he told him that young Ada came and took her, so he went and found— the battle camp and was like, oh, my God, you motherfucker, where's my wife? And then. <laughs> <laughs> but what, bro? <laughs> that was basically what it right. was. And then they're like, you dumbass, she's safe. She's literally lived with us most of her life. Take it down about 20 percent, Uhtred. And uh, basically her dad. I've taken care of her since she was a toddler. Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Uhtred is not. Like, that's the thing. Like, definitely don't trust young Ada. But especially this episode, like, regular, regular Ada, old Ada feels like unkind. But I know. OG Ada is a good OG dude. <laughs> like, he's a real one and you can trust him. So maybe just like chill out for just. Two seconds, Uhtred, please. I'm Two begging. <laughs> I mean, luckily he's got Lanford, which he, you know, shows up and is like, come on, man. Like, take a second. Think about this. He calls him out on his bullshit. But also he tells him, you need to just, like, go or you're never going to yes. see your kid because we're all here on this hill about to die. To die. We are literally going to die on this hill. That's where the phrase came from. Probably. We're going to die on a hill. Yeah. And apparently, you know that Uhtred loves his hill. He does love a hill. We really get into that um, <laughs> as the show goes on. But if that's your whole battle strategy is to just wait it out and hope for a bit of luck, like, hope that Alfred's going to come save your ass, like... You're fucked. I've known ever since I was 11 years old. He's the greatest warrior I've ever seen. Before they have their meeting with Ubba, like, he is really not down to hear any criticism at this point. Like, he's all in on Alfred. He thinks they can wait him out. And Uhtred knows better. And, of course, Uhtred doesn't share that in a kind way. He shares it in the most arrogant way possible. But, you know, it kind of works. Right. Is he wrong no. or is he, is he right? He's, he's right. He's right. He's right. But it did surprise me, though, because, like, I thought OG Otto would be, like, I don't know. I just thought he would be smarter, mm. like, battle strategy-wise. Like, I don't know. I just got that vibe that he was, like, really capable. I mean, he is a capable leader, but, like, it's it's weird to, like, you, you can watch him, like, be so easily manipulated by his son and stuff and— it just it kind of exposed his weakness as far as like he did not seem very sure of himself 
when it comes to battle planning. Yeah, and you can definitely tell that too when they meet with Abba to try and negotiate things. And because you can tell that like Uhtred very much controls that situation. Like Ada gets him there. They have their little Ada Abba moment, which is like the Oprah, <laughs> Oprah Uma moment of the show. And oh, like, <laughs> but like he basically just lets Uhtred do all the talking. And I mean, I know that part of that is because he has that connection. But for the most part, like he doesn't present the strongest front against Abba. And that's something that you really need to do. Yeah. I mean, luckily for him, I think Uhtred knows how to like get under Abba's skin at this point. So he was able to kind of like save that meeting and and get him like on the back foot um, because otherwise I feel like we would have seen a lot more Saxons dying in this episode. Well, sure, because, like, Abba didn't know about the loss of the fleet, and so that really, you know, sets him off to be really kind of unsure of himself and unsure of his wizard or whatever who is, like, <laughs> supposedly telling him <laughs> doubting his mage. He's doubting his mage. The mage in their party is no longer trustworthy, and the whole, you know, the whole campaign is at risk here. Really? It's like, because you can tell when, when stories like, I'll go check the ruins. I was like, yeah, you go check those ruins, okay? Right, <laughs> like, check those ruins. I don't believe a fucking thing you have to say right now. Right, and you know, he was such an influence on him before that, you know, having that bond shaken was a good way for uh, Uhtred to throw him off before the battle, I think. It was smart. I mean, props to props to our boy. That's he the thing. He's such a cocky shit during the negotiations, out. but he follows through and makes it happen. So, yeah, and it's so important because I think you know. So obviously, we start out the episode knowing that the army's going to be split, and Alfred goes to face Guthrum, which felt like a weird choice to me, only because super weird choice. Abba seems like the bigger threat, Abba. and so you would think Alfred would go to Abba. Right. Right. But Alfred likes to have people do his physical labor for him. Like he'll strategize, but he wants he 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 wants somebody else to do the really hard sword wielding, I think. Hey, I feel you, Alfred. I would be the same, especially <laughs> if I had to eat gruel right. for every meal. Right. Um but so he's like, you know, he's waiting out Guthrum and uh the rest of the guys have to deal with Abba, who who is the bigger threat, and he's the the more unpredictable one for sure. Right. I mean, in a lot of ways, Uhtred coming and deciding to stay really saves them. Because oh, it does. He not only he not only is able to kind of get Abba, you know, off balance and, and doubting himself and doubting his friend and, and just not sure of himself, but he's also able to come up with this really great plan of like, hey, let's light some fucking ships on fire right. and distract them, guys. Like, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird to me because we always talk about how Uhtred is not, you know, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. This episode, but like, he really showed that he had a head for— He's a mastermind. Right. Yep, he takes his... When it comes to killing. (laughs) (laughs) He takes his pig fat bombs, which, like, made me think of Molotov cocktails, which made me think of Jason Mendoza on The Good Place. So I was really waiting. I was waiting for Uhtred to scream Bortles, but he never did. Oh, my God. What a fun, like, six degrees of separation. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that was brilliant. And, you know, it really shows, like, even when he's, you know so arrogant he's so brave too like he went by himself behind enemy lines and he didn't flinch you know he he burned those damn ships and it was good 
He's a he's a solid dude. I mean, he's selfish and self-centered and always looking out for number one. But if he says he's going to do something, he's, he's going to do, do it. it. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Right. And what he said he was going to do once he got there was kill Oba. And making the square and doing the one-on-one, that was a great scene. Will you fight me? Or are you a coward? Oh my gosh. I this was the first time in this season that I got pretty nervous for Utrid. Yeah. Only because I mean, he is so outmatched in, in this fight. I mean, he's a he's a little thing compared to Abba. Abba's so a it's big like, dude. He is a, big, a big dude. dude. And he has survived mm. many wars. So he is definitely the most formidable opponent that Utrid has faced so far. For sure. He's also like bonker like batshit crazy right so it's like there's no fear there's no there. thought right yeah there's no thought of like protecting myself whereas utrid has a lot of reason to live yeah yeah to see them face off was like i feel like it's probably the biggest one-on-one fight that we've had this season so far and it did not disappoint because they i mean it felt real it, like, was it brutal. felt like an all-out brawl yeah like, they were in the mud they were like punching and sitting on each other and it was it was not pretty yeah and then like when Uhtred finally gets that final blow and slices his Achilles tendons oh it's so gross but uh, of course they had to like zoom in on the heel they had to like make everything else go quiet so you could really hear the the skin splitting (laughs) yeah thanks for that guys that was nervous uncomfortable laughter by the way not like ha ha uh, (laughs) we love to see people get cut but yeah, we're that so, was... People uh, think we're such fucking freaks on this show, I'm sure. Well, like, if we come by it honestly, it's fine. I guess. Right. But, but yeah, Abba, like, makes the mistake of... Okay, how, like, did this give you flashbacks of, what was it, season four of Game of Thrones with, um... With the eyes, with oh, the mountain and the oh, viper. Yes. He and he's got like, cocky. he's just kind of gloating. He got yeah. cocky. He caught him monologuing, and that is the killing blow. It's always, yep. always the killing blow. Do not monologue. Right. If you have your opponent on the ground and you're about to like, kill, kill him, them, kill him. Don't monologue. Monologue after you kill right. him. Right. Uh, oh, now I'm sad about I know. the Red Viper. He deserved better. Well, well, maybe he did. tale. <sighs> yeah, but, you know, at the same time, like, yeah, Uhtred, like, exploited that moment to get the kill, but he also made a real effort to ensure that it was a clean death, you know? Like, mm. he gave him his sword back so he could die with honor, make it to Valhalla and all that, and... So, Uhtred, he's at his core a good dude. Yeah, I he's a man it was really of honor. Sweet. He's a man of honor. He he is for sure. That's all. That's all. Um, Earl Ragnarsson coming out in him because, yeah. like, he when he after the battle, you know, he gets very upset when he finds out that Abba's axe is gone. I mean, that's a that's a big deal, you know, for Vikings is they have to die with their weapon. They have to be buried with their weapon so they can go to Valhalla. Right. And he knows that. And he so even though this person was an enemy who I mean they had bad blood for a long time. Yeah. He still wants him to have that kind of that death and, and be respectful of his beliefs and, and his wishes. And uh, the Saxons do not feel the same, clearly, and mm-hmm. it pisses him off. And I've never felt, like, more respect for Uhtred than in that moment when he's, like, really upset about this person that he's just killed. Right. Like, how he's treated after death. Right, right. When he when he was talking to Leofric about it and he tells him, you know, he's the closest thing they have to a king. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he needs to be treated with respect. But I have to say, before we, like, go into this, I really love that shot in the battle when he's, like, facing off against the whole Danish army and oh, the Saxons come coming up behind him. What a cool shot. Like, so Seriously, good. what a flex. What like, a flex. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, congrats to Cinematographers. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Whoever did that, we're going to have to find out who was the cinematographer for this episode. It was good. Um, yeah, that was like such a like, fuck yeah moment where you just want to like fist pump in the air. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I did do it. So Yeah, yeah why <laughs> not? Not ashamed. Why not? So they end up, you know, getting this huge victory. I mean, this is this is huge because, I mean, no one thought that Ubba would be able to be defeated especially, you know, by a Saxon army at that. You know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy that they they win this thing. Um, Well, it really seemed like it was almost, it was almost like this army was going to be sacrificial and that it was going to, you know, put a big enough dent that Alfred's men can come and pick off the rest of them. But, like, nobody expected them to make it out of this battle, so. Yeah, they were the lamb. Yeah. Like, they were the yeah. lamb going into slaughter. Which, can you imagine, like, being in that army and just, like, knowing that you're cannon fodder? Oh, my God. It, it wouldn't, it's not for me. <laughs> Soldier's life is not for me, no, dude. No, Like, I don't, I'm not good at taking orders anyway, mm. but then you're gonna, my order is go die. Like, <laughs> and so maybe we can win in the end. I'm like, ah, nah. Not for me. <laughs> I'm going to go back to my farm. Right. Right. Just let me know how it goes. Right. You have a task ahead. You go directly to Alfred and you kneel at his feet and tell the bastard you have saved Wessex. No, I'll go to Mildreth. If you don't do it, some other bugger will. And that will be reward. Men have seen it. They know what I've done. Let them tell Alfred. I need to see my son. But yeah, they win this huge battle, and Leofric is smart because he tells Uhtred, you need to go and tell Alfred how this went down now, because he knows that young Ada is, like, the worst and is definitely going to try and steal credit. But Uhtred, like, I get it. Like, he wanted to go see his wife and kid. But at the same time, it's so weird to me that Uhtred, who is, like, so obsessed with getting credit for things, wasn't like, yeah, I need to do this now, you know? Right? Okay, thank you. Yeah. I... I, too, thought it was weird, and I feel like the whole, like, baby excuse is, like, a pretty shit excuse. Well, because he knows that they're safe, you know? Like, he knows that they're they're fine. fine. And, like, I get it. Like, he likes her and all. But, like, Uhtred is so all about Uhtred that, I mean, I guess this is a moment of emotional growth, but I wish he had had it at a different moment. (laughs) Well, it's weird because, like, on the one hand, you you could see it as, like, oh, he, like, just cares so much about his wife and his kid. And that is, that is like, his emotional side coming out. And so maybe it's less, like, self-centered thinking. Right. But at the same time, it's almost like it's an instant gratification thing for him. So he, he wants to see Mildred and his son because he misses them and that's what he wants. Mm-hmm. But the better decision for the whole family would have been for him to go to Alfred, secure his place, maybe get that debt lifted, right. and then go to Mildred and be like, babe, look what I did with my weekend. Like, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Well, like, the thing is, I, you know, it's so odd that he would put his trust in men like young Ada and Alfred because they haven't given him reason to trust them at all at this point. No. Like, you know, he trusts Ada and he trusts Leofric, but how much, you know, Ada is severely wounded and isn't exactly up to making a case for 
Uhtred at the moment. And Leofric has, you know, no position of power, really. He's just got to agree with his lord. And so, of course, they were going to come in and steal the credit. Like, that's that's being evil 101. Like, he should have known that that was going to be the game plan. Yeah, and I mean, I think at this point, you know at least, I mean, maybe you're not, like, as versed in these kind of political betrayals and, and everything that goes on in the Saxon camp. But you know that young Uta is just... Out to kill you and steal your wife. Plot. Yeah. Come Ugh. on. You yeah. knew he would do that. Right. Like, I don't know. It was just one of those moments where it was like a literal, literal like, facepalm for me because I'm just like, come on, man. Uhtred, for all of his plans to, I want to get back Babenburn, I want to be a super rich lord, he does not always play the long game, so... Uh, I don't even think he knows what the long game is at this point. Probably not. So, yeah, he goes. He reunites with Mildred. They make out in the woods. He meets his son. It looks like a baby. It's a baby. (laughs) It could be anyone's baby. It could be be anybody's baby. And they head off (laughs) to, you know, see Alfred. And surprisingly, it does not go like he intended it to. Oh, so surprised. Wow. Would not have (laughs) seen. We are shocked. (laughs) I fought up a man on man and I killed him. It was his axe against my sword. This sword. Is there any man here who will deny it? Be still. You've broken the peace of Christ and you have brought weapons into a sacred place. Lord, I'm telling you the truth. You will go directly to the courtyard and you will wait for me to pass judgment. Judgment? For what? I've done nothing. You will be quiet! So he rolls up into town. Everyone's going to the church. We're celebrating the victory. He's shocked that no one believes that he's the one who killed Abba. They think. Right. Everybody thought he died as a prisoner. Yeah, they think he's dead. Right. Like, Bioka comes out and he's like, dude, you're alive. Like, yay. You know, it's like, like, so that's mm, like the first. What the hell? Yeah, like, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. And then he goes in there. Alfred's, you know, having his peace, whatever the fuck that means. I guess he's just in prayer. Yeah, it it seemed to be like some sort of, you know, specific church service. And, you know, it's kind of common, common in every culture that you're not supposed to bring your weapons into a house of worship. Oh, 100%. I mean, he (laughs) should have known that, like, for sure. I get that, like... There's a lot of rituals and shit, yeah. and so it's hard to keep up. But you know, like, it's a bit of a headache. But that's but, a pretty mm. that's a pretty basic one. Like everybody knows. Don't bring that a one. sharp object into a church. Don't bring a weapon into a church. Just don't. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. At the same time, I feel like being like immediately he has to die seems like the wrong answer too. You know, old Aleswith yeah. coming in trying to take out Uhtred any way she can, and uh, it seems like that's overboard. Yeah, but again, like that's. So expected. Like, that's that's her using, you know, her political power and what she knows about how things are done to get what to she get wants. her way. Yeah. Yeah. So she's she's playing it smart. Yeah. You know? Whereas Uhtred's over here swinging his sword, whining about how no one, like, is recognizing what he's done and how he saved Wessex. Right. Um, <clears throat> and he should know that no matter what, like— whether, you know, whether Alfred were to believe that or not, Alfred's not going to appreciate how you're coming at him no. with that, you know? Well, and the thing is, like, Mildred is better, honestly, at playing the long game than Uhtred is. You know, she's they're, when they're waiting in the courtyard after they get kicked out of the church, she's like, dude, don't be so hasty. You need to chill. But at the same time, you can also see the fracturing between them really start to show in this episode with the conflict over, mm-hmm. like, whether their son will be baptized. And she's all like... 
you know, Uhtred get good with God. And he's like, I'm a pagan. You knew that. And she's like, mm, I thought I could change you. Missionary dating has been around since the beginning of forever. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can't change them. Right. That's Ladies. Just, that's not how it works. <laughs> it didn't work in medieval times. It won't work now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> just like give up. Right. No, yeah. There's definitely a rift starting. It only gets worse when... You know, Uhtred has to perform his penance, right? Which is like the shittiest penance it is. that I've ever seen. Well, and Uhtred he has is to so, crawl on his knees right. in the mud. And Uhtred is so proud; like this is the worst kind of punishment for him oh, having is, to grovel. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure he would have like rather like Alfred cut one of his balls off or something right. than do this. Right. Like, that would have been more merciful. But it's but interesting. Alfred really enjoys it. Yeah. But the interesting thing is Athelwald is back. They let him out of the drink and he has to, you know, do his atonement for being a lech and a drunkard. And But, you know, he he knows, I think not better than Alfred, but I think he understands how to use Uhtred more than Alfred does in this moment. He knows how he can get Uhtred to owe him. And that is to make a huge scene so the focus is off of Uhtred and nobody really cares about his penance when they're all focused on Athelwald talking about all the tits he's groped. My God, he loves those tits. <laughs> he does love those tits. I mean, I I didn't want to laugh, but I laughed. I, yeah. It was fucking hilarious. When he was like, talking about he didn't know how many there had been, but there was half as many as the tits that half. he correct. <laughs> Caressed. That was good. That was good. I laughed. That was a good one. Right. I, I don't think Alfred appreciated it. Well, but, sure. I mean, we certainly did. Well, he didn't outwardly appreciate it, but we know that Alfred is deep down a horn dog, so he probably related at some level. Seriously, that's probably why he doesn't like Athelwald so much because there's a lot about him that's just like Alfred. That's in that so way. true. Like Athelwald gets to like act on all these impulses when Alfred doesn't, and that's got to sting a bit. Yeah, so sorry. And I'm sorry, did you see Aylesworth? Okay, so when he's, like, going on this, like, diatribe about the tits, and he talks about, like, servant girls, that, uh, like, little, like, yeah. that tense, that tense, like, look away, yep. it's like, oh, girl, you know, she you know knows. what's happening. She's like, she, yeah, I don't like Aylesworth, but I respect her in that she, like, things don't happen without her knowing, you know what I mean? She knows. Yeah, sh- she's very capable. She's she's in charge of her house. She knows what's going on. Yeah. I can't believe that she's okay with it, but I think she knows she has to bide her time before she kind of makes moves. Right, right. So, yeah, it... But, you know, the good thing for Uhtred is, like, after Athelwald does his whole spiel, like, Alfred storms away. So he never has to actually, like, grovel before Alfred. So... That's a win for him, I think. Yeah, I I was happy that he kind of got out of it, only because it's just like, you know, a lot of this is on Uhtred and, and how, like, stupid he is to believe that he would just be totally accepted by this community when he is representative of, like, their biggest enemy. Yeah. But I think I was also just so pissed for him this episode. I mean, he just, he stuck his neck out there and risked his life and stayed around when he did not have to. And to be, like, given that kind of reception is awful. just... It's awful. It's awful. So I was happy when he told Bioka to fuck off. Like, Yeah, kiss and, my ass, you and your god. Hell yeah, Uhtred, yeah. I'll back up that battle cry. Yeah, for sure. And, I, I mean, like, it, it hurts me to see him and Mildred at odds because I thought she was, like, a good influence on him. Yeah. But I think when you're so... When you are so dogged about your religion 
or about any belief that you can't see someone else's it's like, never pain gonna work or someone out. else's suffering, yeah. it's not going to work out. It's not. Yeah. It's not. So, yeah, this episode ends with him, like, super at odds with his wife. And Leo Frick is like, hey, let's go plunder the Britons. And Uhtred is like, you know what? That sounds like a pretty good idea. So he takes his wife back to their house, and Oswald is scamming the shit out of him. So he mm. uh, murders him. Well, not murder. Good riddance, right. Barley, dude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't plow any more fields. Plowing fields face. and stealing trees. That was his undoing. So that's. That's what we'll remember you for. Right. So hope you're happy with that. Right. So, but I think, like, that decision to kill a servant that she had known for so long, even if, like, he was scamming them, like, that, that, I think, is the point of no return for them in their relationship. Well, and it's the way he killed him, too. I mean, he, like, like, took his horse and, like, stomped the shit out of him and then stabbed him in the gut with a knife. I mean, it was a brutal death. And he enjoyed it. Like, you could tell. Like, he enjoyed taking his anger out in that way. And I think that's what really threw her. I mean, I get it. It would throw me. Yeah, it was, like, having violence like that be such a visible release. Like, that's a red flag, girl. That is a red flag. (laughs) That's uh, pick up your skirts, get your baby, and go and go to the woods. Right, <laughs> right. So yeah, uh, poor Beldreth. She's it's only going to get worse for her from here. So. Yeah, she's she has a rough go of it for a while. Just just a warning. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Mildred has a rough time. Mildred is the starter wife, oh. and you can just kind of, you know, predict what's going to happen to her. It's not good because it's not good. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It is time to issue our demands for upcoming episodes like the spoiled toddlers that we are. Here's what we want to see, when we want to see it, and why we won't be denied. Alyssa, what are you hoping for next episode? I just, I'm ready for Uhtred to have a plan. You know, like he keeps swinging his sword around. I know, I know. sweet summer child. I know, (laughs) but like he keeps swinging his sword around and sometimes it ends well and sometimes it really doesn't. So, you know, you can really feel his rage in this episode. We talked about that quite a bit. And I'm ready for it to have some direction, you know, even if it's just raising some hell amongst the Britons with Leofric. I need Uhtred to not just fly around, you know, causing shit without any long game purpose. And I know that's probably a fool's errand to hope for that at this point. But I just, I, need, I like the optimism, though, and I want you to keep that. Okay. Keep that. I know. Glass half full. I know. I want. I want good things for him, but he has to help himself at some point. You know what I mean? I get it. I mean, th- I'm the same. I think. As, like, annoyed as I was with him kind of acting like this, like, petulant child about not being recognized for uh, his bravery and his heroics, I I want him to get his due. I mean, he's earned what he's asking for. You know, I don't have a problem with him asking for that debt to be paid off or for him asking for land or for him asking for some recognition from Alfred. I think he's earned all those things. Oh, multiple times over. He's just gone about it, like— 
in the wrong way. Not and maybe not even in the wrong way because I feel like that way would have worked if he was still a Dane. Yeah, and he was doing this for the Danes, but with the Saxons and especially with Alfred, it's a whole different game. And so I just want him to figure that out and and find a way to get what he's due because he's I don't know he's he's done so much and I just. I want his debt paid off. I want him to get a haul and a feast or maybe a hot bath. I don't know. Something. He needs some, like, TLC. Yeah. Well, I think I think it sometimes – I know I do. I forget, like, how young he is supposed to be in this season. Like, Alexander Draymond is such a man that it's, like, you forget. But he's supposed to be, like, 18, 19, 20 in this one. Yeah. And I don't – <laughs> right. That's not where my brain is no. <laughs> when I look at him right. in all of that warrior gear. Right. I'm like, that's a man. That's a man. <laughs> and so he is very much like supposed to be still a boy. And so he has a lot to learn. And I just feel like he's not learning it fast enough because yeah. like shit's getting real now. You know, like he's risked death multiple times and he needs to get credit for that, but he needs to do it in a way that's not him just, like, hauling off into Alfred's space and being like, give me what I want, you dick, because that's never worked, yeah. ever. I mean, I get it. I get the impulse. Sure. Because Alfred is, like, so easy to just hate. I know. But it's like, you're doing a lot, you know? So you're, you've are you given up your whole life that you've known with the, the Danes. Mm -hmm. You've said goodbye to your family, mm -hmm. like, what's left of it. And you've committed to this road. So, like, be all in. If you're going to do it, be all in and really get smart about it. That's my thing. Like, you could have been sailing the seas with Ragnar and Brita. And instead you chose, like, to take back this little castle on a hill that you remember as a kid. So if you're going to do that, do it. That would have been such a beautiful life. I know, right? Ugh, I still want that spinoff. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. But, like, not with Uhtred, just with, like, Ragnar just, and Brita. Just, right, just the adventures of Ragnar and Brita. Give, them, give yeah. them their own episode. I wish we got that, but I know that we don't. Um, anyway. Melissa! I know. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's still too fresh. <laughs> the Last Kingdom has a massive cast of interesting characters, and nearly everyone gets their time to shine. Our Arsling of the Week is the character who truly goes above and beyond to win the war or simply win our hearts. Jessica, who is your Arsling of the Week for this episode? Um, I think... For me, Leofric really kind of ran away with the episode yeah, in terms the best. of like he's such a he's such a good friend, such a loyal dude. Like he's a bro. Down to yeah, he's like down to ride, like you know, I just I think that he was so important to Uhtred this episode. I think if Uhtred did not have him this episode, things could have gone very differently. Mm -hmm. And um I mean we see that even even at the end of the episode when it's like he's the one that's like giving Uhtred a bit of an out and he's giving him a path that it kind of feels like familiar like his life with the Danes of kind of just like going to get silver and going on a trip and you know going on an adventure uh but it's done in a way that is still like you know he's not going to get in trouble trouble for it mm -hmm. um I think you need that kind of like that best friend to call you on your bullshit and if Brita and Ragnar aren't going to be there it's going to have to be Leofric for Uhtred because no one else is like stepping up to him at this point yeah. so yeah I just I really appreciate the manliness and the um 
the brotherly bond that they have. I really like that. They've got some good moments in there. Yeah, like Leofric was my Arsling of the Week last episode. So like I have a super hard time disagreeing with you. But for me, um, I really loved Otto in this episode. Like he hmm. had his moment to like be that like traditional sort of um coward no 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 <laughs> no he totally followed through and he like listened to Uhtred and he really cared about his men like he is the classic idea of a noble lord you know what I mean like his son is there being a shithead telling him yep. to like you know renege on his promise and he didn't and he like followed through he was there when Uhtred needed to him and at the same time, he was really, I liked when, like, he was talking about how he knows these men and he cares about what happens to them. Because that's one thing about Uhtred, like, I don't think he really cares about anybody else. So to see, so to see that another lord could, you know, have power and be successful in, in the way that Uhtred is looking to be successful, you know, like, Ada has an mm-hmm. estate, Ada has money. And he's done that while still giving a shit about the people that he takes care of and are under him. And I think I think Uhtred could learn from that. You know what I mean? I think seeing that kind of example, like maybe Ada isn't like the super warrior that he is. Not maybe. He's not. But like mm. he still shows up and does the damn thing, you know? And like, yes, I know he's buddy-buddy with Alfred, but like he's a good man. And I feel like there aren't a lot of those on this show. Sadly, no. He's he's one of the last, you know, real role models that Uhtred may have. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. He's got to he got to get back on his feet soon. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> or uh, or maybe not. Uh, it's a maybe rough don't get to attach. I don't know. It's, listen, it's a rough time for gangrene back then. So <laughs> gosh, oh my god, all the ways you could die. Still, I feel like we should just have. An extra episode at some point, discussing like different ways that you could die. All of the ways could die. you could die. Oh, that's a, I mean, that's a great idea. <laughs> like tooth infection, a, a cut on your arm, right? <laughs> like, Any kind of infection. Like, there's, you know, we take for granted so how many easy it is to, relatively easy it is to fight an infection nowadays. But you cut the wrong thing and you're toast. And he got, Oof. he got stabbed a lot. He did, and that, I mean, that head wound. It was not not looking good. It was not good. Okay, guys, get ready to shame none the worst character for the episode with us. It doesn't matter if you're a Saxon or a Dane. Anyone can be a turd, and we're calling out the biggest one of the week. So, Alyssa, who was your turd of the week this episode? Listen, it's it's hard to be worse than young Ada, and I'm not sure that Mm. she's not. But at the same time, like, oh, my God. Like, Elswith is really competing for the title of the absolute worst because she's getting to you she does and you know it's like full props to eliza butterworth the actress who plays her because she is like so good at making me just enraged at everything that she does and i'm like i don't know i like i i love that there are different portrayals of women on the show and they aren't like all angels and they aren't all demons and it's just a nuanced look at women trying to find power in a place where they don't have any, but oh my God, when she was like, <laughs> chill, sis. chill for two <laughs> seconds, when she was like, mm, he's got to die. And Alfred's like, yeah, okay. And it's just like, ah, she just, she grinds my gears. I don't care how cute her kids are. I actually, I was really happy to see little Edmund and little baby. Well, she's not a baby, little Aleswith 
It was or not I not Aylesworth, oh. not Aylesworth, Athelflaed, um, Ethelred, and I was just like, oh, Athelflaed, can't wait for you to be a grown up. And but I know. but yeah, oh, Aylesworth, I just I gnash my teeth in her general direction. I cannot handle her. Sometimes to like get through like seeing her on screen and like the shit that she does, I just think of. Okay, but like one day we're gonna have a grown up Ethel Flood. Yes. And we wouldn't have that without her. Right. So, like, <laughs> it brings me back down a little bit to where I'm not like, I wanna murder this bitch. Right. <laughs> but, like, also, I, I wanna murder this bitch. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, since we've already like talked about what a shit he is, uh, Young Utta is my turd of the week. It makes sense. I mean, <sighs> there's just so much to hate about this guy. I, don't, I really feel like I don't have to explain, but, um, I think if you're going to sit there and, like, you know, whisper in your dad's ear about running running scared in this battle when Uhtred is, like, risking his neck to, like, light these ships on fire. And then you're going to, when your dad is, like, laying on his deathbed, basically, you're going to, you know, jet off to Alfred's ca- camp and take all the credit for this victory right. that he is, like, basically given his life for. Maybe one day he'll get his comeuppance. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. A lot of these guys don't. <laughs> but um, I can hope that he'll get it. Uh, right. It's just like I want it to happen in the worst, like, gruesome possible way because that's what he deserves. Right. Well, to quote Rachel Weiss in The Mummy, nasty little fellows such Ooh. as himself always get their comeuppance. So yes. it'll happen. I like that. It'll happen for him. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a little twat and— <laughs> I mean, Uhtred has, like, underestimated him, so that's on him. And But to be fair, Uhtred, like, underestimates Everybody. everyone in this show. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I hope, like, now at least he's, like, got his number or something because this dude is just the worst. The worst. The actual worst. At least Ethelwald is, like, funny. Right. This guy just is, he's such a, just a simpering little nothing. I hate him so much. Anyway. I mean, he looks like a little worm. Oh. Like, he, some kind of, like, insect. He reminds me of some kind of insect. Mm. I'll think of it I for think the next episode. Yeah. I think it's his. he has large eyes, and I think that's probably where it's coming from. Which, like, large, yeah, large eyes can either be, like, super cute or a little unnerving. And I think we go into a little unnerving this with— uh, Well, when you're a gross human being. Right. Like, just that's on the, the inside. Thing. Like, <laughs> the, the inner ugliness really comes through here. That's what decides. Yeah. Agreed. This is clearly a very serious podcast about a very serious show. Mm. Mm. <laughs> is it? <laughs> is it? I don't know. But sometimes it is nice to indulge in a little thirst. It's 2019, the world is on fire, and honestly, we deserve this. So this is our time to celebrate the thirstiest moments that really blew our skirts up this episode. Jessica, would you like to start us off? I think I can guess what your moment is, so... Uh... Oh, shut <laughs> up, Alyssa. <laughs> I do deserve this, so I'm not going to feel shame about this. No, I get it. Um, I'm gonna. It's a very bittersweet episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we say goodbye to Abba, yes. and because this is the last time I can really do this, I'm going to give him a shout out. Yeah, um, do it. He's he's a prick. He's a psychopath. He's got really bad taste in sorcerers, but he takes his shirt off in this episode, mm. and there's a dad bod underneath. And I, I mean, my God, I was not ready for what <laughs> happened to me. <laughs> And then combine that with he's in the square with Uhtred and he just does this like, like this lion roar. <laughs> roar. Yeah. He just, he just fucking yells at him. <laughs> and um, 
yeah, I, I don't know what happened to me. I blacked out a little bit. But then when I came to, I was like, oh, he's going to be my thirstiest moment of the week. <laughs> listen, listen, I don't understand your thing for Abba, but I respect it. Everybody, like... It's not meant to be understood. <laughs> thirst how you want to thirst. Far be it from me to shame anyone for what they're into. So I get it. For me, it was more a moment when Mildred told Uhtred that you may disturb me immediately. Basically, that moment where they're reunited in the woods and it's like, well, we have this in common, so let's do it. So, Mm. yes, girl, get yours. And I don't know. It was I liked her. I liked her take take charge vibe in that moment. That was good. Yeah, I was I was proud. Our little our little convent girl. Like, oh, you know what I mean? She's like spoiler. she was just in prayer, right. and now she's getting it on in the woods with her hubby. Right. I like that. Good for you, girl. Good for you. Get yours. Get it yours. doesn't last long, so get oh. it while you can. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are like Debbie Dallas. I know. This episode. I know. Well, we kind of reached the point <laughs> in the season sorry. where like, oh, we know what's happening next, and it's not. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard to get excited for certain characters because you just no, know. I know. Not going to be good for them in later episodes, but we're doing our best. But I feel like anybody who's listening to this episode also knows what's coming, you know? So hopefully. Yeah, so maybe we just don't have to pretend anymore. Maybe we can just. <laughs> I think like we should the try. The whole world is going to be we'll on fire tr- soon. We'll try, but uh, <laughs> woof. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Okay, guys, Uh, I think it's safe to say we have never been accused of being unenthusiastic in our fandom. We annoy our friends, our family, and now you are devoted listeners. Welcome to Geek Out, where we will offer up our humble suggestions about what we think you should be watching, reading, listening to, other than us. Uh, <laughs> Alyssa, what are you standing this week? Jessica, we have the same thing again. And honestly, yes. even though it's not genre, we got to talk about it. And that it Fuck is yes, we do. Hustlers. Oh, my God. I, I, oh, my God. What a fucking movie. Jennifer Lopez just killing it. I... I mean, like, bitch, better get an Oscar for she this one. Better. Like, I just, I worry that people be like, eh, it's a stripper movie. No, I mean it is, but it's so like, it's there's so much, and she's so incredible. And if JLo wanted me to kill a man, I would do it. I would do it. Oh, I would do. It. She, I would take my platform heel and stab him stab with that him stiletto as many times as she wanted yep. me to until she was satisfied. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Oh my god. Oh my god. Look. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't want to get too political, Mm. but if J-Lo doesn't win an Oscar (laughs) and anything about that fucking Joker movie does win an Oscar. Oh my God, I'm going to lose my shit. I will light something on fire, okay? I will be there (laughs) to supply the gasoline. Like, where do we need to go to, you know, make this happen? Because I will rage. Not in this year. Not this year. February 2020. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to take it anymore, Alyssa. If if no one from Hustlers gets any kind of recognition, but Joaquin Phoenix and his fucking face paint does, I'll lose it. I can't. Like, I I can't even read the discourse around the Joker movie because I am so uninterested in everything that movie has to say. I just, I don't care. Literally repulsed. Like, I I just don't want to see it. So let's focus on Hustlers. Yes, Hustlers. It is literally the opposite of everything that movie is. It is female empowerment. It is bitches doing things for themselves. It's like, 
even in the moments where it, you could easily, everyone could have easily turned on each other. Yeah. They were still, like, ride or die for each other to the very end. And I loved that because I feel like, especially when we see these movies about women where they're behaving badly or they're not, you know. Breaking the they're law. They're not the perfect little princesses. <laughs> yeah, whatever. They're roofing guys. They're mixing ketamine and Molly right. and doing what they have to do. Right. Usually it ends or at some point. They turn on each other. Yeah. Things get catty. Like, it, it's that old narrative of women always have to compete with each other. We always fight with each other. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Right. And this never plays into that. And I was so, so grateful. And it's because... It was directed by a it woman. It is directed by a woman. Yep. That's what you get. That is the female gaze. It's a stripper movie. And n- at no point did I feel uncomfortable watching any scene. I will like, say, the only thing that made me uncomfortable was the fact that there was a man in his mid-40s watching it by himself in the movie theater when I was there. That was the only mm, thing. Okay. But that's not the movie's fault. It's men being creepy. Look, I have sat through a Fifty Shades of Grey movie by, like, a guy that was, like, old enough to be my dad. And uh, it was just him there. Uh, and he sat no. right beside and, me. You know, it's probably judgmental of me to be, like, ew, going to see a movie like that by yourself because I also went and saw that movie by myself. But, yeah, like... I mean, maybe he was seeing it for Christian Grey. I don't know. Well, I, maybe that's I mean, hus- I I mean Hustlers. Like, I was... I, oh, yeah. So, like... But, I mean, everybody should see Hustlers. But, like, don't be creepy about it, dude. Please. Yeah. Appreciate the artistry. Right. I mean, like... Whatever. I mean, it does it make me uncomfortable that J-Lo is, like, 50 years old and is, like, hotter than I could ever even imagine being? Right. Like, yes, yeah. it does. Oh, my God. That um, scene where she danced to Fiona Apple's Criminal ruined my life. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Oh, like, my God. Like, all the dancing. Yeah. It's clear, like, they really put in work. So because, much work. Okay, if you think that stripping is easy, nope. like, you're—, you're fucking delusional like it is a fucking workout and you can see like their bodies are just like so strong when she was showing Constance Wu how to do all the different moves oh my god like can you imagine having that kind of upper body strength that kind of core strength that kind of any strength oh oh my god Constance Wu's character is like I don't have those muscles and J-Lo's like every woman has those muscles I'm like I really don't no (laughs) (laughs) that's not true and you know it that's the only part where I was like this is a lie Yeah. And I don't believe it. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was just so fantastic. And it was so fun too. I um I mean we're both we're both in the South. So, you know, it's interesting to go see movies like certain movies. Right. But I, I like this movie, it was a lot of older women, like oh, yeah. in my theater. Yeah. I saw a couple like it, they looked like older women with their daughters, which I was like, hell yes, female empowerment yeah, through the generations. <laughs> yeah, so good. I loved this movie. I need to go see it again. And it was just, ugh, I loved it. And I loved, I loved the idea of a female antihero because we just, we don't get those, you know? Like, nobody's willing to accept a female antihero. Then they're just villains, you know? Yeah. And so there yeah. was so much nuance in the characterization, especially in... J-Lo. Oh, my God. J-Lo and that friendship that she has with Constance uh, Wu's character. It was beautiful. It was so so beautiful. And, yeah, she better get an Oscar. And then everybody needs to go back and rewatch The Wedding Planner, knowing that McConaughey and Lopez are both Oscar winners now. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah, they are. (laughs) 
And then you go watch Enough. Right. Oh, because guess what? Oh my god, I <laughs> forgot about Enough. What a great movie. Then you go watch uh, Lila and Eve because Viola Davis is in that. And it's Jennifer Lopez and Viola Davis together. Yes. Uh, so many gifts that sight. J-Lo has oh, given gotta us. Gotta watch Out of Sight too. Basically, I just She's such a good actress. She's so underrated. Like, she's so underrated. She really is. And I think it's because, too, like, she, she'll, like, do a couple of things and then she'll, like, take a break from movies and, like, do, like, a residency in, like, Vegas or something. You know, like, she'll, she switches back and forth. Yeah. So it gets easy to forget, like, how good she is. Yeah. But I hope this is, like, kind of like a renaissance, a J-Lo renaissance uh, film-wise because she's so fucking She's good. so good. And it's just, like, you know what? Google Images exists because of Jennifer Lopez. And so Ooh. I feel like we need to give her an Oscar. It's it's beyond time. Just for that. Just for that. It's beyond time. And she just, she oh earns God. it in every single scene. She's so good. What oh my God. if she came to the Oscars and accepted her Oscar in that oh, uh, green dress. Grammy's dress, oh. bring it back out? Because you know she can pr- probably rock it better now oh my God. than yeah. she even did back probably. then. I believe in her. Oh, what a flex. What a flex. Especially, I know they're also talking about her doing um, the Super Bowl halftime show, too, potentially, Mm. which is, like, two weeks after the Oscars or two weeks before the Oscars or something. And, like, what a fucking month for Jennifer Lopez if she headlines the Super Bowl halftime show and wins an Oscar. Get it, girl. She deserves it. She can do it. She deserves it. Ooh, I just got so excited. I know. I know. (laughs) Chills. Chills for (laughs) J-Lo. All right, guys, if you want to hear more of our bullshitting, check us out on Twitter or over at SciFiWare Fangirls. We've got links to everything below this episode. And until next time, destiny is all bitches. Bitches.